Hello, 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 hello. What's going on, everybody? This is Sydney Smith, the host of this incredible podcast, The Real Queen Sid. And today is going to be one episode 163 of The Real Queen Sid Show. And this is actually an interview that I did with a leader in another company who was asking about culture in the team and how to help her team really win and thrive. And also, she's uh, in a rebuilding phase. So uh, for those of you that have been following my podcast podcast for a while, you know that I have been in a rebuilding phase for a while. So this was super exciting to help her and coach her through this. So very, very excited for you guys to listen in. We're going to be talking about team culture and how you can help create a winning team culture. So I love that. If you guys get any value from this, please make sure to screenshot it, share it into your Instagram stories and tag me at the real queen Sid. And uh, if you guys get, again, if you get any value, please make sure to write your biggest takeaway on that screenshot. That's my favorite part about reading those screenshots is reading your takeaways. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Let's go, go, go. One of the biggest things for me is culture right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Within within my team, I feel like we don't have a culture, Mm -hmm. at least set in place. Um, because even if I don't have one set in place, I'm sure there's one being created. <laughs> you have listened and to Jesse Lee. I want to take control of that. <laughs> I love it. So what do you want your culture to look like? Like what is important to you? So there, there are obviously like, like core values that are important in me. But one of the things, you know, I, I take a lot of trainings. Like if there's a training and I feel like I'll find some value, I'll take it. Whether it's like through network marketing companies or not, you know what I mean? Um, And one thing that has been coming up um, in the training is that part of your culture also has to be like, um, you know, what type of people you want to attract, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I have a culture as far as like core values, you know, different things set in place, but I feel like those are very, I don't want to say generic, but they could be for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now, What I'm listening is that, you know, for example, different cultures, like somebody's organization is like super fit and that's their culture and that's what they're about. Um, Some it's like the moms, you know, uh, this and this and that. And I feel like I'm, I'm not in any like one thing in particular because I am a mom, but a lot of the times I don't relate to the moms Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then I am gay but uh that's not the only thing about me you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so that's where I'm having like that disconnection between like culture and you know like different things that I stand by and then actually having like a niche I guess or a certain type of groups to attract so like I'll give you my honest opinion on this um Uh, we did we did something called Empire United, um, and every week we had different, uh, like we did for a month we did like black leaders, and then for a month we did like Hispanic leaders, and we're gonna do Asian leaders, and we're gonna do LGBTQ leaders and things like that, um, just to like give the community more perspective on different types of people, and something that they said on those calls was like the the biggest mistake that people make in this industry is they they become an echo chamber, right? So you'll have that whole team of those like California girls that all look the same, they sound the same, they have, you know, but like it's, it's, or you'll have like a whole black team and they all look the same and they all sound the same and they all whatever. And that can be super dangerous in this industry because you have this echo chamber of people that only believe and only think the way that you think. And the most powerful teams on this 
in this community or in this industry end up being the teams that have the black leaders and the Hispanic leaders and the LGBTQ leaders and like a leader from like every different culture. And so I think that it's beautiful that you don't attract the same people. I think that's perfect. Um, because we were talking again, we, one of the, uh, one of the leaders that spoke to us, he was like, you want a stable business. You want a stable organization. Like I want you to look at your team and say, where's your black leader? Where's your Hispanic leader? Where's your white leader? Where's your gay leader? Where is your, like each, like you want somebody to be able to be on your team and feel welcome. And so I think that like creating, so like the empire culture, since you, since you listen to Jesse Lee, the empire culture is very come as you are. It is very, you are safe here, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what you are, like no matter what, right? And so we have a huge trans community on our team. We have a huge gay community. We have a huge black community. We have a huge Hispanic community and so on and so forth. And uh, it's because Jesse Lee like, right, it stops, it starts with your leader. It starts with the leader. And so Jesse Lee makes people feel safe. And that's what that tells you is if you're starting to have a really diverse team, like I don't want a team of all fit moms. That sounds boring to me because then you, you and then you also you limit your customer base, right? Because fit moms are only gonna attract fit moms, right? So if you are creating a safe space for all different types of people, uh, then you will attract all different types of people and they will attract their tribe, right? And so I think it's beautiful that you don't have a niche. I don't. Like, I, I think I that's have, amazing. You know, people in the LGBT, I have moms, I have like a Spanish, you know, like, a, you know, and like all of my upline, it's a Hispanic, you know, organization and I'm the only one that's like in the general market, you know? Um, and so they work completely different than how we work. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I don't have that, which I like, right. Because then somebody could be attracted to different people, right. but at the same time, I feel like there's not like a unity, you know what I mean? So that's because where like, we are all so different. So that's where like the core values come into place. And so I think that culture is more of so Jesse Lee says this all the time, but the smallest thing that you'll accept in your team becomes your culture, right? And so like you said at the beginning of this call, your culture is being created, whether you're creating it or not. Uh, and so that's where your core values come into place, where it's like every single call at some point or another on the empire, it is mentioned that this team has come as you are. Everybody knows that on the team and it's either you accept people for who they are in their most authentic self or you don't belong on this team. And so that's kind of like, that's where the core values come into place where it's like, this is what our team is about. If you're about it, like, let's go. If you're not, this is not the team for you. Right. So it's, you can create a unity between all different people because at, the, at our core, like we're all human. And so no matter, no matter what your differences are, like we all come together at the same, at the same space of being human and having humanity and having emotions and having traumas and having darkness to work through. And, um, somebody said this on a zoom when they hit, they hit a leadership rank and they were like, they said the empire is where people come to heal. And so like that, that just tells you what our culture is like and anybody can come to a team to heal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's, that's where your core values come into place. And it's just going to be like, 
repeating them over and over and over and over again, like not being like, okay, this is our core values, but like, this is what's important to our team. And it's going to be repeating it over and over again. It's going to be you showing up that way and leading from the front with those values. And it's going to be like, I don't like there's a zero tolerance policy for bullying, right? Like that would be a, that would be a, um, like a guideline around, um, maintaining culture. And so it would, you know, it's these like guidelines that people know and like, they just know it. It just comes from like you showing what you want and leading from the front and people will fall in line with that culture. Um, but it's something that like, it takes time. Like it takes time and building and it's got to come from the heart. Like it can't come from a, it can't come from like a business standpoint. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Stormy. I don't know if you follow Stormy Wellington, but she's amazing. Um, Coach Stormy. On I Instagram. remember her from GoPro, but I don't follow her. So Coach Stormy on, um, on Instagram, but she said something, she was on a call, uh, for our team the other night. She said, uh, hard work will only get you to a certain point. And after that, it's hard work, heart work, like your heart. Yeah. Um, you have to lead from your heart if you want to create a culture. And that's the missing piece that a lot of people have is a lot of people come into this industry wanting money and they want fame and they want respect and they want, um, success, but they don't understand that to earn respect, you have to lead from your heart. Right. Okay. And that, that kind of ties into something, uh, I know I said culture, but I have a few questions. Um, is how, in what ways, um, because I'm very like, I have like on and off switch. I'm like business mode or I'm like your friend mode. You know what I mean? And it's a very distinguishable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like sometimes that could be taken like in a, in a bad way. Um, so in what ways, um, and even when I talk to like my team or my organization, cause I've been in network marketing for six years and right now I'm in a rebuilding phase. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to make any adjustments, this is a perfect time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. So in what ways do you empower people? Cause I know you can't motivate them to do anything. Right. But in what ways do you empower your team? Um, and how do you speak to them in an empowering way? Because sometimes I feel, and it could be a, it could be a them thing, but if I can switch anything around, then I'm more than open to that. But like, uh, I could say something, right. And then you can say the exact same thing. And to, when I say it to me, it's like, I'm, uh, like, uh, like they're getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then if somebody else says it, the exact same thing they take it like they feel empowered instead of feeling down. So that like, it's, it's a difference between personality colors. Um, and so like you have probably your reds, which are very aggressive okay. and very, yeah, I'm, me a, too. I, I'm red and, and blue, but majorly red. Like I, be, before I was the type of leader, like when I first started that I would be like, you said, this is what you were going to do. Like, why are you not doing like, I don't get, because I'm very like, if I'm going to say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. If I'm going to call, I'm going to show up 10 minutes early. Like, I'm very like that. And so when people have excuses, like, I can't relate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just learning how to, like, speak to different people. Um, and so one major thing that I like to do is I like to ask permission. 
Um, and so this will be like, if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and somebody comes to me with like a complaint or a whatever, um, I will literally ask, uh, number one, are you coming to me as a friend or are you coming to me as your, as your mentor? Because my responses are going to be very different if you're coming to me as a friend or if you're coming to me as a mentor. Um, and then the other thing that I ask is, are you open to coaching? So that's if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Just those two, uh, those two questions give you permission to kind of be an asshole. Uh, and so, like, like, are you open to coaching? Is and, them and, I, and now I'm in a point where I know how how to talk to certain people. Like, I know, like, I could be like, bitch. You know what I yeah. mean? With some of my my uh, my team members, but it's mostly like. Maybe when we have a Zoom call, that's the like the whole organization type of thing that I don't want them to leave that feeling bad about themselves. Instead, I want them to feel empowered. So that's where I was going next. But if it's a if it's a whole group, um, there's two things. I, I still ask permission. I'll be totally honest with you. Like, especially if we're on Zoom, um, I ask people to have their cameras on just because I, I like to see their faces. I like to see how their energy is, is and how they're responding. I'm really, really big on greeting energy, but I'll ask permission. I'll say, Hey, like I, we need to have a hard conversation. Are you guys okay with that? Um, and they'll obviously all be like, yes, but they know it's coming from, they know it's coming from a good place. If I, if I ask permission first, it's just like, Hey, I'm about to be an asshole, but like, I need you to hear me on this. Um, and the other thing that I say, uh, a lot when I'm training is hear my heart because I say, sometimes I'll make really aggressive statements, but like, if you say hear my heart, like it just kind of softens it a little bit. Um, like I need you, I need Offensive you to hear my heart. On this. Yeah. I need you to hear my heart on this. Like, and over time they learn your heart space, but like <clears throat> you have to show it to them. Right. So like. I'll say, can you, like, I need you guys to hear my heart on this. What can be misunderstood will be misunderstood is another thing that I say a lot. What can be misunderstood will be misunderstood. Like, hear my heart on this. And then I'll say whatever I have to say. Um, and it's just like these little language shifts that kind of like give you permission to say what you need to say without feeling bad because they know it's coming. They know it. And when you say like, when I say hear my heart on this, like they know it's coming from a good place. This is like me caring about you. It's never me like, like, and I don't, I think when I started in the industry, like I'm really red too. So it, I had to learn to not say, well, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And why do you think that your business isn't growing? Well, you're not showing up. Like, and I did do that in the beginning and half my team walked away. I learned the, I learned the hard way, right? Like I, I literally, I mean, I love that you're saying you're in a rebuild stage because I had to rebuild 18 months ago. Half my team walked away. I literally lost half of my volume uh, and half of my paycheck. And it was a real big smack in the face of like, Sydney, you're not doing this right. Like, so it's just like little language shifts that just make it easier for you to say what you need to say. Yeah, I think that definitely like that asking for for permission is definitely something that could definitely help us when we have those like team things mm -hmm. um because I said like when it's one-on-one -on -one, I know how to for the most part talk to it every person as an individual you know to where they don't feel bad 
Um, but sometimes it's inevitable. So, okay. Um, what other question do I have? Um, all right. So do you, you run your business? Is it strictly through social media? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what created a shift from you using social media that got you into momentum into like where you're at in your business now? Cause I think you just hit like a, a very top rank, right. In your business. Yeah. Um, I think that's compared to one of our high ranks too, which is like our top 1%. Mm -hmm. I think, <laughs> I don't know. So it's uh, a, we did, we hit, um, a hundred K in, in uh, a month. A hundred K. So that, no, it's one below that, but that's awesome. That's Thank like four ranks above me. So, <laughs> um, so what, how, what was it that, what was something that maybe you implemented or a shift that you did with your social media to create the momentum that you have right now? Um, just because, uh, we did social media, but it wasn't our primary, way to attract people it was kind of like our secondary uh because here like with i do herbalife nutrition but we would have like uh fit clubs or nutrition clubs or like smoothie shops pretty much what they are and so when covid hit right our lease was up and we didn't know what was going to happen so we chose not to renew our lease and just you know everything went virtual right yeah and so for me personally my business doubled during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. But because I already had like the reins on social media. And so everybody else on my team, they were kind of doing it, but not, you know, fully. They were utilizing other things to grow their business. And so the regrowth right now is, uh, it's because of that. Right. So one thing that we implemented in the last two weeks that's been really, really big for our team um, we actually implemented this after we hit the rank, but it's been huge for our team, uh, is three, three, and three. And what that is, is I challenged them for seven days to do three posts on all three social media platforms. So Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok every single day for, for seven days. I said, just do it for seven days. And so I made a tracker and everything and every day in the team chat, we're posting in there. Oh, I only have one TikTok left or, oh, I have three posts left today or whatever, like just updating each other. And at the end of the day, they'll post their tracker in the team chat and be like, oh my God, I did it. And so it's those little wins of like, even somebody that has never sold anything can get three posts done on each platform if they space it out right. And so it's those little wins of like, oh my God, I got all my posts done, right? So like I'm thinking of like people on our team specifically who like don't have a lot in sales, right? Like they have maybe a couple hundred or whatever uh, points in sales, but they've gotten their three, three, and three done every single day. And it's just, it's confidence building, right? Like, uh, cause it's a little win. So that was something that really, really helped us the second week that we did it. Like I said, we implemented this two weeks ago. Um, and it's three a day. Yeah, so it's three on Facebook, three on Instagram, and three on TikTok every single day. Okay. Um, and if they space it out right, like you do one in the morning on each platform, one of them. And so, like, I started teaching them how to um, crawl, uh, how to utilize their content over different platforms. So, like, you post something on Instagram, and then you just literally post it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, or you post something on TikTok, and then you post it on IG Reels or whatever to make it easy for them. But uh, the second week that we implemented it. It was the same thing, three, three, and three, but one of their posts had to be a live. 
I didn't care what platform it was on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, didn't matter, but one of them had to be alive. And so that was like, I'll tell you right now, video is what grew my platform um, on all three platforms. It, live video on Facebook is what literally skyrocketed my following uh, videos on Instagram. Both IG Reels and IGTVs have been ridiculous. Um, and then obviously TikTok is all is all um, video. So video is what has literally skyrocketed my business. It's It's unreal. And it's because you can't fake who you are on video yeah and so people it, trust you 10 times faster and i think that's why because i started tiktok during covid probably like everybody else right mm -hmm. so it was a lot of like lgbt content you mm -hmm. know funny content just things to that made me feel good it wasn't with a business purpose and that you know grew my tiktok to almost thirty thousand. Mm -hmm. um but the issue now is that now, like now that I've been using it with more of an intention with my business, right? Um, I got like, because of TikTok, I got a lot of following on my Instagram, mm -hmm. but it's not people that are necessarily yet interested in what I have to offer. They followed me because I'm a funny lesbian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not because of my, you know, product or my results or, or any my business opportunity, not any of that. Um, and so, and implementing that, like, I guess still continue now, I just mix it up, you know, I'm going to go through that transition and it's going to happen, whatever. Um, but about the lives, you know, I try to do lives on TikTok, lives on Instagram. Uh, I do lives on Facebook, but only in my private group. And the reason why I don't have a big following on Facebook. Um, but anyways, um, you do them every single day. I've tried to challenge myself to do them every day and I've been successful until I run out of what to talk about. Yeah. So like, um, I do, yeah, I, I try to go live every single day. Um, cause I've seen you and I've seen Jesse go live, but you are packing your, your trial. So at least you're kind of doing something. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't, we have three day trials, but we don't pack them. They ship directly from our, our, our company. You know uh, what I mean? So like I'm live right now on Instagram. Okay. Like these coaching calls, I, I went live with a coaching call yesterday. Um, and then I posted it as an IGTV, right? Because people get value from like other people's coaching calls. Um, yeah. when I started in the industry, so I've been in the industry six or seven years now. Um, but what I, when I started in the industry, I was primarily on Facebook because Instagram wasn't big yet. And obviously TikTok didn't exist. And, um, I, that's how I grew my following was every single day when I got home from my nine to five, I would go live and I would teach something business. Like I would teach how to close more sales or how to, um, build a culture or how to whatever. Like I would just teach something, um, every single day and I would share it into different groups. So there's like groups on Facebook for, um, network marketing or there's whatever, like just talking about different things. Um, as a lesbian, you can, if you want to continue to build your brand around, you know, the LGBTQ community, um, you can talk about different things in the LGBTQ community, like, um, different experiences. Like it's been, I only came out like literally less than two years ago. And so like my community around me, 
my friends are all pretty much straight. Like, all of them. And so they don't know what it's like to be a lesbian in America. And so it's just, like, teaching different things, like heteronormativity, or, like, why did it take me 20, 25 years to come out? Because I didn't, like, there was no lesbians around me. I didn't know. I didn't know I could be a lesbian. Like, I didn't know people lived there. I didn't there. know that was an option. <laughs> I, I didn't. And, like, that sounds so crazy, but, like, I didn't know that people actually lived their life like that. I thought lesbians only existed in porn. And that's why it took me so long to come out. And, like, so it's been really cool to talk about different experiences. Like, I have a friend that struggles with, um, that struggles with infertility. And she told me, she shared with me last time I saw her, she goes, thank you so much for sharing your, um, your story about pregnancy, right? Like, I, okay, so I'm not pregnant, um, but I had made a TikTok about, um, the struggles of like wanting to get pregnant when you're a lesbian, because number one, like it's a lot harder, obviously, because there's no sperm. Um, but number two, the like mental fact that you struggle with of, um, it's never going to be half mine and half Holly's. It's always going to be, you know, like that's, that's always something like, especially when you grow up thinking you're straight, like, oh my God, one day I'm going to have a child that's like half me and half the person that I love. And like, that's something that I struggled a lot with when I came out. And she was like, thank you so much for sharing that because I was always really angry that lesbians could get pregnant and, and I couldn't. And she's like, it's just, you know, it's an, infer it's an infertility thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just whatever. But she was like, I never thought of it from your perspective. And so it really softened my, my point being is like, you can talk about anything that you're passionate about. So like, you can go live about the lesbian community and different experiences, or you can go live about teaching business, or if your passion, if your heart zone, if your gift zone is leading, like you can go live about that. You can go whatever. Like if you're in, I mean, in-person stuff's going to come back soon in Texas because we're all open now. Um, so if that's your gift zone, like you can go live on how to be successful in person. Cause let me tell you right now, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. So like I could never teach on that, but I can teach you how to build on social media all day long, right? And so it's just like, what are you passionate about talking about? And like, what what questions do people ask you all the time? People ask me all the time, how do you build on social media? So let me go live and talk about how to build on social media. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's just because we we heard that in the in the GoPro about you know Jesse Lee going like live for I don't even know how many days in a row, and we're like we're gonna take on that challenge, and we're like what are we gonna talk about? Like you know there's certain topics that obviously already like come very quickly, but it's like when you run out of that, it it can be very awkward when you go live and you don't really have anything to talk about. Yeah. So like even so even when I. I started, I used to, uh, I don't wear makeup anymore, but I used to, I used to wear makeup. And, um, so I would go live, like get ready with me. And I would like do my makeup and just like talk about what's going on in life. And people would ask me questions or whatever. So even things like that, like doing your hair or whatever, like, I know, I, I don't, same, but like, <laughs> my everyday look. but like, you know, yeah. You could go live on like while you do your team trainings. I've done that before too. Like if I had a really good team training that I like, uh, I did a color personality team training, and I was like, I want this to be an IGTV because I get asked about color personalities all the time. So I went live while I did my team training, and then posted it as an IGTV. 
Okay. All right. And I know we have like two minutes left. Um, but how do you personally feel um, or ways that you feel like you have created like a winning team environment in your business? Uh, celebrate everything. Celebrate everything. Like we celebrate, we have a, um, a, a ketone group. So like whenever it's, it's, you add all your prospects to it. Right. And it's a whole team wide group. So like every person that they add to some of our results is a celebration. That's the group name. Uh, every person that they add to, you know, our promoter group is a celebration. Like it's just celebrate everything. Every trial they sell is a celebration. Um, every, like I said, when we did the three, three and three, like when somebody would get all nine of their posts done in a day, it was like, that's a celebration. So just celebrate everything and um, just meeting people where they're at. Like not everybody wants to make a million dollars. Some people yeah. literally just want an extra hundred dollars or an extra $200. And so like, I try really hard to never make anybody feel small for their goals or for small for like their achievements or whatever. Like um, so everything's a celebration is what I would say. It's just like, we've created a very, very tight knit family. And that's because, um, every, like nobody feels stupid. Like nobody yeah. feels small. There's no, well, I was with a network marketing company before and, um, it's the devil company, but anyway, um, they had a section up at, I went to a team or I went to an event one time, like a company wide event. And they had a section up front, uh, with white leather couches where like the top ranks got to sit and it was like roped off and it was like super exclusive, which is like super cool for reds, but for like other people, it just made you feel so small. And it was like these untouchables, like you don't talk to them. You don't look at them. You don't, you don't like it was just, it was very like untouchable situation. And I never wanted that to be our culture. And so that's one of the things that I love about Prove It is that like everybody sits with everybody at team event or at um, company events. And like, there's no untouchable, there's no anything. Um, and so I really, we really transitioned that into our team culture. It's just come as you are, show up, show up, show up and you will be welcomed. And so that's kind of how we've created that winning culture. Okay. Well, thank you again for taking time out of your morning to, um, to connect with me. That was pretty cool. So I appreciate you and I'm super grateful that you were able to take the time to do that.